Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you have a shout out you wanted to I give? I did. I wanted to say hello, good morning, whatever time it is to my girl Rhonda. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> my mom listens to every episode and told me and Chip that last week it was way better that we were in person. We're already like, it's 9.30 in the morning. This is early for us. and To we're record. Like, it's not yeah, early to right, be up. Right, true, true. <laughs> but we're like giggling. Maybe we should do it in the morning more often. I actually, we were supposed to record last night and I was so brain dead by the end of the day that I was really grateful. Why are you smiling at me know. like I'm that? I'm just in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful that we did it, decided to do it this morning because I am also in a good mood. You know what else happened today? Mars went out of retrograde. There's a lot of like aggressive energy with that. And so we've been in a backwards pool, um, you know, just going through different things like that. And so stepping into today, maybe that's why we feel a little bit lighter lighter. and happier. How many times a year is Mercury in retrograde? I feel like it's always in retrograde. Well, I'm not actually an astrologer. I don't know if you know that about me. Well, shout out to (laughs) Mars. I talk about it a lot, but I'm not actually an astrologer. And so I don't know the answer to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's at least three or four, I want to say. Okay. Um, But yeah, so anyway, what up, mom? Hi. (laughs) I'm glad you like it better in person. And I think most of our responses actually are that the energy is just better. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we were talking. There's a little bit of like I was kind of bumping up against. I don't know how I want to introduce this topic because it's pop culture week here. Yeah. And there's one topic that I don't think that you could live in this world right now and avoid. Like if you like you literally must live under the biggest rock if you don't know about this. And we're talking about Prince Harry and Meghan. Um, And so we really felt like we can't not talk about this. But I also am really tired of even contributing to this like divisive opinionated nature that's happening in our world. And it's exhausting to me. Like even researching for this, I was very much like, do we want to do this? You know, like, because it's just everyone giving their opinion. And that's so old. Like I'm so tired of that. Right. 
Um, but we were able to kind of come up with this idea because everything we do within a month is typically based off of our words of the month, our themes of the month. And this month we have chosen the words dare and purpose. Well, the year. We chose them for the year. Well, I was about to get to that. Oh, sorry. (laughs) But because those are Chip and I's words for the year. So my word was dare. And we discussed that last week. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast, each year I set an intention and Chip has started doing this as as well for the year, like an overall energy of the year that I want to walk into. We talked about last month, last year, how... Our words really did play out in the way that our lives went. And so I really believe in this process. I think it's almost like a manifesting type of thing. So my word is dare. Chip's word is purpose. Mm -hmm. And regardless of where you stand with Harry and Megan, I do not think that you could deny that there is a lot of daring and there is a lot of purpose going on behind what's happening right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that Yeah, statement? I mean, look, I have always had friends that were obsessed with the Royals, and yeah. I've never gotten it. I, I literally could give two shits. To me, it's this big reality show. Well, it's like, literally yeah. like the Kardashians are ours, yeah. is what I always say. Yeah. Um, but over Christmas, I did watch the Netflix special just out of mm-hmm. curiosity. like, And not even because I wanted to have an opinion on it. You know, like everyone was talking about, I'm going to watch it. And I was like really moved by their relationship, you know, like because I felt like everything that I had seen up until that point was literally just opinions of them. Yeah. And this and I know they produced it. They had their hand in like the outcome of it, which, you know. I would too if I were them because that was they hey, lost control of that. Never not get the executive producer right. role. You've heard me say that before, but, but I'll say I, it again. I felt like, you know, I finally sort of understood them as people, not as public figures, just mm. as two people in love. And I kind of loved that. Um, and it made me have um and I like again, I had no opinion. So but it like made me had compassion for them that, you know, I'd never had before because I didn't care, you know. I didn't yeah. I didn't have vitriol. I didn't I just didn't have an opinion. But I do think it's a really beautiful love story. And I think it's like it's really sad and painful to watch it be dissected by people that like literally have nothing to do with it. Right. Don't know. You know, like everyone feels like they're owed something from these two people. Um, and um, including just honesty. Mm-hmm. And um, yet in, in from where I sit, it looks like they're being honest. It sounds like they're being, it feels like they're being honest. And, um, and granted, I also am not one of those people that is like an internet sleuth that has like done all the digging and tried to find, pull up old quotes and shit. Um, but to me, it feels like, um, you know, they are being honest. And now that they are, people are like trying to prove that they're not being honest. I know. And it's like it's they like, can't win for trying. What a vicious cycle. So, I know. Um, I don't want to be part of that problem. Me either. And I mean, I think the big thing to remember always is that as much as we can have opinions on the information we're being presented, no one knows except for those people what's actually going on. And I just always feel like I want to make that point because my brain even gets sucked into it. And you think you know these people and especially people who live very public lives like them to where we've been dissecting that. Like Prince Harry has been in the public eye since he was born. Literally the day after he was born, he was showed to the world or something like that. Exactly. And so you feel, you do feel like you know them and you do have this sense of entitlement over their life. Even if we don't want to say that we do, I think there is some sort of, 
subconscious programming to that. It's the same as people feel about reality stars. Like, oh, well, we see their life play out on TV. No, you don't. <laughs> By the way, you just don't. Right. Like, and I, I've, I'm so guilty of this too. I'm not just saying this like to every other, everyone else. Um, I think I've experienced another flip side now. And so it kind of jolts me into a different place with it is like, you just simply don't know. And so I've also been very drawn to this. I've never been obsessed with the Royals. I do remember when Princess Diana died being very sad and like knowing that that was a really big, bad deal kind of because of the way it went down and the way my parents were responding and just being there witnessing it was sad. It was just a sad thing. But that's about as far as the royal interest has gone for Mm -hmm. me. Until now, I have become obsessed like I think I've watched almost every interview that they have done specifically it's been Harry right now I'm reading the book which is great Mine arrives today oh my god I did the audio book because I like the way he talks too so it's like perfect perfect right. background but it's just so fascinating I mean their life is fascinating I have really become very drawn to him because I can see how much work that I think he's done like he talks openly about therapy and psychedelics and similar stuff that I talk about, but I see it translating into the way he's being like giving interviews. And so I'm in awe. I'm just like, to me, what drew me to both of them is the word dare and daring. And I find what they're doing to be so fascinating, but also I'm, I can't think of another word besides all. What's another word? I'm just like, Oh my God. I mean, all, I, I think all <clears throat> hard to like, you can't really replace it. Yeah. But I understand, I think how difficult what they're doing is and the way that they're able to verbalize what happened, um, speak about it in a way that you can tell they're angry, but they're not being vicious. Like it doesn't feel dirty to me. I think they feel like, ang- I think they're more hurt. Yeah. But, anger. but anger I comes think, out. Yeah, because, I, and I think that like, the anger is toward the British press. The hurt is toward the family. Maybe, yeah. You know, but That's they totally they're kind of one and the same. They call they call yeah. the British press the third leg of the the UK government. Totally. Um, you know, uh, I it's it's funny because I feel like as a general, the public feels like, particularly probably the British public, mm-hmm. but you know, anyone who's invested in the royals, like they probably feel the same way. But like because they are public servants. They feel like they're owed something. And so, um, and they're obviously incredibly wealthy and privileged and it's all interesting of interesting that you just called them servants though. <laughs> well, I mean, they are public servants. Like they, I they know, work. but that's such an interesting I know, it's, word. Yeah, it's it's weird. Cause but it's you would like, call the president's a public servant too. You know, it's like, yeah, I just um, don't think we're entitled service. to any human right. in that capacity. Yet we confuse that. Right. And you know, they live, they live an incredibly privileged life off of tax, Pair dollars, all of that stuff, um, and so s- seemingly that should translate to um, he has a lot to lose, and he's choosing he, on purpose to walk away from it because of his truth. And I think that anyone who um, can't see that is choosing not to. I totally like, agree with you. It is. Um, I, I just can't understand why anyone would think that he is lying about this. Like. And still think that like he's privileged because mm-hmm. it's like he is giving up a lot of. I mean, and granted, he is still more wealthy than most people will ever be, um, because the story's really interesting. So Netflix paid them a hundred million dollars right. for this 
all the content they're going to get. And I think you got 20 million for the book. Yeah. But I, th- I think what you made a really good point before we started recording. Do you want to talk about that a little bit about just, I think when people hear those numbers specifically even, or, you know, maybe the fact that people are just interested in it and people get jealous of that. Like people are fascinated with him. And so they're always going to want to know about his life. And then there's other people in this world who are working so hard to make people care. Right. And so there is some sort of sense of jealousy maybe. Yeah. I look, I, I thought about that this morning and my only explanation that I can come up with is that the general populace puts rich and famous sort of at the pinnacle pinnacle of success. Mm-hmm. Fame even over rich, because I, I think, think a lot right. of people assume that if you're famous, you are rich. And that could not be further for the exactly. truth. Exactly. Um, so um, if you are rich and famous, you literally are the pinnacle of success. And most people don't even know what that means. They just see it. Mm-hmm. And they see people talking about it. And they see people on magazines and on TV. And so they have an idea of what they think it is. And I think because we look at it as the pinnacle of success... Those of us who don't have it, there's some jealousy. And that's where the expectations of these Even people come from. Even if you don't from. know there's jealousy, right. there is something right. that you associate. Jealousy. Yes. yes. Because it looks really fucking fun. Who doesn't want to be rich? Sure. Who doesn't want to be famous? Let me tell you. You don't want to be famous. Uh, it no. is not all that it's cracked up to be. There are perks. Like you can't 100%. deny that and getting to go to cool events or backstage places and all these things. That does that is a part of it. But there's a lot that comes with it that I don't think. I mean, these two know. are a perfect example yeah. of like <laughs> the exact opposite of what can happen. Um, and there is zero controlling that. Mm-hmm. zero controlling. Like I was, I was telling you, I was watching the Stephen Colbert interview this morning. And if you guys haven't watched that with Prince Harry, it's a really good interview because he gets to the bottom of some stuff and talks about the book a lot. But he also is like, obviously really funny because it's Stephen Colbert and Harry's really funny. So he's just very likable. Like mm-hmm. I, I just really like him um, from what I'm seeing in interviews, but he's nice to look at too. He is so cute. He's really handsome. It's so interesting. Cause when I was a kid, I had a crush on William Wow. Like also William was my age before that hair went bye-bye. Yeah. And then uh, things shifted. Yeah. Things changed. Well, he does also scowl a lot. Like he just William, doesn't, he looks he doesn't look happy and, and Harry looks, seems happy. He seems light and happy. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, but I was watching that interview and, and then I was kind of reading some articles about it and they were talking about how Harry has had to really up security since the book came out because of that one thing he's mentioned about, killing Taliban members of the Taliban and um, it's taken completely out of context and a lot of the stories that were written about it before the book came out but it puts a target on his back and so they've had to like really up security and he has armed guards walking around with him everywhere and that's the stuff people don't think about being scared to leave your house or like getting death threats like that is something that I've never you cannot explain what it feels like but it feels it is it's like being trapped in your own body, like, and and then like constantly living in fear, not being able to be comfortable in any capacity, like, right? Literally, and you can tell yourself it's just a crazy person on the internet. Doesn't matter, but it doesn't make it feel different. Your nervous system doesn't yeah. translate that, right? Like, there is some sort of sense of like I'm not okay to where you can't fully relax no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And that is weird. Mm-hmm. Like being in your own house, not being able to relax is a weird fucking feeling. But you know what it takes? It takes being daring and purpose. Totally. To actually get up and leave the house mm-hmm. to go do what you have to do.
If you know anything about me, you know I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Well, and this is where, right, this is where I'm in awe because I'm like, they, you know, they're the day, the word dare, whenever we were talking about last week, one of the definitions, I don't know if you remember this was like, um, being scared, but walking forward anyway. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like, that is exactly what they're doing. And a lot of the negative feedback people are getting, especially Megan, like people go after her so hard, which I don't fully understand. Um, but they're saying like, oh, they're chasing fame. Oh, you you wanted your privacy, but now you're going to go out and write this book or you're going to go do all these interviews. One, I've never heard them say they want privacy. I've heard them say they don't want to be abused and like the amount of um, threat or negative comments or articles is insane. I was telling you last night, there's, a, there's something I read that said 
that Prince Andrew, who was accused of pedophilia, had, let's say, 7,000 articles written about that. In the same... In one day? It was maybe, let's, let's call it a day, just for shits and giggles. I don't remember if it was a day or just like in capacity of like this little storyline. news cycle, yeah. Yes. Um, but 7,000. That same news cycle or day or whatever you want to say, Meghan Markle, who hadn't done anything, had 24,000 something articles written about her, mostly negative. So it's like, I don't think people are really processing the amount of abuse and negativity that they were receiving, which is, it's far more than anyone in that royal family has. And anyone famous, this isn't normal for fame either. This is like next level kind of shit. Um. But okay, so the daring, like they're walking forward anyway. And I think it's so interesting because people are like thinking they're chasing more fame. And I'm like, I'm confused. They were famous and like doing public jobs before this went down. So you're asking them now to completely change who they are because they got attacked. Like, I actually don't think yeah, that that, that logic. Compute. No, it doesn't. But people forget that. It's like Harry. It, like, look, Megan grew up a normal girl. You know, she yeah. chose. This was the path she was on that she chose. Harry did not get to choose his life. He has been famous since he was in the womb. He can't not, <laughs> he can't be, not famous. be famous. Like he has no choice in the matter. His Did life I, will be public unless he decides to live in his house as a fucking hermit. Right. And people will still write about They'll him. They'll still write about him. I was, so there was a 60 minute interview that I watched last night with Anderson Love Cooper. That one. And there was a moment um, in it where they showed him and William at Diana's funeral mm. in this like receipt. They had to go down. He's 12 years old, by the way. This is, William's that 15. whole thing was so fucked up. To he's me. 12 years old. And he said, like, he's walking down this line, shaking hands with adoring fans and citizens of the mother. Um, and he's emotional. He actually looks happy. He said he couldn't and cry. And he said he, I mean, he, like, it took him to adulthood to cry about his mother's death. And he said the weirdest thing for him was realizing that these people were grieving harder than he was. And he remembered their hands being wet from wiping away their tears. And which, you know, obviously that sounds fucking traumatic for a 12-year-old. But let's not forget, that family put him out there to do that. Like, that is the level of public life this kid has led. Oh, my God. To be asked to do that after your mother died is so... I I could barely talk to my sister if my mother died. You know Uh -uh. what I mean? Like, more or less... Thousands and thousands. They were taking flowers from fans and moving them to. It's like mm-hmm. public servant. Yeah, you know, like he starts the book talking of. I mean, the book basically starts with Diana's death and just even the whole like him being told by his dad and the whole thing of that. How emotionless that was. Yeah, it's just so. The whole thing to me is so sad. Yeah, and that to me is one of the biggest. Like I have felt sad watching this unfold. Um, and I can, I can get behind this part of maybe the negative feedback they're getting of like, this is a family and it's being torn apart in front of our eyes. And like the contribution, they're contributing to that now, you know, telling all these stories. I also will say, I don't know what choice they had to be able to move forward in their own lives because it was happening anyway. Like the part people are forgetting when you say that, like, this is all on Harry and Meghan. No, it's not. Like, the family was leaking stories. They were having private conversations trying to work this 
work this through behind the scenes and that story would get leaked to the press. Right. And so, it, and to make that the part of the family look better or, yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. Harry now is like, I will have whatever conversations you all want to have publicly. Yeah. You know, and I think people are like railing him over that, but it's like, but if it's you can't get- do it in private, then let's do it publicly and you'll see who's telling the truth. I was going to say the saddest part about that is how little he can trust his own family. Right. right. And like, that's one of the things they talked about this in Colbert, but he said, um, that when he started doing therapy was when his relationships with the family started getting really strained because they were no longer speaking the same language. Like, and that's any dysfunctional family system. You go along with the system for as long as you do. And when someone says, Hey, wait, this isn't right. This is toxic. This isn't like that narrative that you're pitching or that, um, narrative we're all operating under is unhealthy for me. Right. You raise your hand and say that you're the black sheep immediately. And so that's what's happening. Right. And we're just watching it play out. But I don't think that they can be put to blame because the narrative was already public anyway. And people are forgetting right. that point. I also think it's interesting that like anyone is surprised that it's Harry. I mean, this is a kid who enlisted right. in the British army and I mean, the, he said in the interview on 60 Minutes, he said it wasn't until his military service in Afghanistan that he found purpose and a sense of normalcy. Mm. As he said, it saved him because it got him out of the spotlight of the UK press and allowed him to focus on a per- on having a purpose. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important because it shows that he was seeking. This kid, until his adulthood, thought that there was a chance that his mother was still alive because of what he saw the his family and the British press do just to weave stories. He thought that she was in hiding, Mm -hmm. that this was all just a big story to get rid of the mom. Yeah. Can you imagine? That is insane. So it hits me every time to, to, um, to get to a point where, you know, he said something like he's now at peace with his mother's death. Um, but he wants to turn all that pain that he feels into purpose. So it's not, um, it's not a surprise to me that he's the one bucking the system. Like, I feel like we, we, we've been watching this unfold for a lot longer. Megan is just the piece that like, um, uh, I think it's, she's the ingredient because she's biracial. She's American. She was a famous actress. There's all these reasons for people to hate her mm-hmm. that the press dug into. I mean, yeah. they, they are, to well, I think blame the Royal too. family the and royal their relationship family. with the press, they dug into that Absolutely. as well. But now they can paint. It's easy to make the like the all the clues kind of go away because all the focus can be on her and the mm. marriage, right? And think, he was working towards this anyway, totally. And I think like the empires have fallen throughout history. You know, like this empirical sort of bullshit. Like the fact that this queen had any reign over. Caribbean nations right. and Canada right. and Australia still is absurd to me. I know. It's absurd. Um, and so I think we're starting to see this empire crumble a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I have two points to that. I think you're totally right. You said something about him being on his own journey for a long time. And that's starting, you know, back when he joined uh, the military. And I agree with you. I think that he's been in his own process of healing for a much longer time than he's even been with Megan. I also believe that you wouldn't pick a person like Megan and like someone who there was all this divisiveness around or whatever 
if you weren't already on your own path. Like they seem to be very aligned at a soul level. Right. And um, as far as I can tell. All the charity work and stuff. Like exactly. they, were, they were living parallel lives exactly. without Exactly. And I think people like want to put that on her that she came in and wanted to change everything. You can't change someone who doesn't want to be a part of that process. He already wanted to be a part of the change. Like he was saying this isn't right too. Right. He's like waving his hands. It just wasn't as public maybe. And then she got made into the villain. And so everyone put the focus on her wanting to do that. Right. She couldn't go walk in and be like, Hey Harry, let's be together and let's change the Royal family. And it just happened if he wasn't. No, in fact, I feel like she tried, she sort of leaned into her duties and tried totally. to do them as well as she could. She did everything they asked her to do is what I can tell, yeah. like stay quiet and all the things. But the other thing you brought up was that like, this empire falling, is that not what we have experienced as a world over the past couple of years? Like that to me, like Marv talks about this all the time. All of the systemic stuff that needs to be changed is coming to the surface right now. Right. So we're seeing this happen on so many levels. Like you could call the Me Too moment a part of that. You could call Black Lives Matter a part of that. Like it's happening in our world on such a bigger level than this. This is just one of the same. Right, right. Then the royal family, like, or whatever the dynamic is, like the with the Commonwealth and all the things, maybe there is something that needs to change. Yeah. Like I had a friend say to me, um, "What did Meghan Markle just think that she was going to walk in and like change the royal family?" I don't think that that was her intention. But if you walk into a system and the system is broken, why would you just go along with the broken system if like? you feel called to do something else like speaking well, up is what we do now well and and so you know the, there there was also all the women were like well it happened to us too and that's I believe not, it was different. That's not healthy. Well, exactly. That is not like that is not a solution. And yeah. the thing is is like you can say Megan's trying to change a thing. She no, she's like peace out. I'm not, this isn't for me. But she I'm wasn't go though, a, really. No, she, she did, she leaned in, she tried to do her duties. I actually feel like that was more and, hairy. And now she's like, well, yeah, but I think like she was staying for him because she yeah. felt like he didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, you know, some back to the Harry, like finding his own journey. I When I saw the book announced, I was like, spare, that's weird. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron spare. So um, for those who are unaware um, or won't read it, and this isn't a spoiler. He has been called Spare since he was a young boy. And William was called the heir. The heir and the spare. And apparently his father used to make a joke like, I've given you an heir and a spare, my work is done. Right. Or you've get you've given me you've given me an heir and a spare, your work is done. Meaning or something. like if anything happens to William, the country is safe because, because then they have there Harry. Is a spare. Harry steps up and does his duties. And Harry said in the sixty minutes interview, he was like William's life mm-hmm. was set up, was laid out for him. Mine wasn't like my, his purpose wasn't clear because he was just the spare. Right. Like William was always going to be King. Right. And so from a very young age, he was kind of told that he was, his value was less than his brothers. So I can see why like they caused this. <laughs> They, the family did oh. by calling you call a kid a spare. But apparently, if, yeah, that's a you, very common in in Britain. It's just like no one even bats an eye right, at that. And right. to us, we're like, what? Yeah. You're saying, and I'm like, if if you're because obviously you never know what if your kid's going to grow up to like 
have a, have fortitude and be smart or like. Sure. But if that is the the path that your kid is going to be on, and a lot of that is predetermined, I think, and obviously it takes work. But mm-hmm. if the, if you have a really resolute child that's being called spare, and he's like, "Fuck you, I'll show you spare," right? And I think that's what Harry grew into be, and we're seeing it play out now. He's like, I don't need to be the spare. I, I'm my own person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to forge my own path. Do you know that I feel more sorry for William in this scenario than Harry? In that, in the air in the yeah, spare. because it's, it's, I mean. He it's, has no choice. Harry yeah, says sad. that. He's like, he can't escape the system. Like, he can't just leave like me. I can leave. You know, like, he yeah. has a lot more freedom and he has the ability to go carve his own path. William doesn't like, what if William doesn't want to be King? Do you ever think about that? Like, but you just are, that's the way that system is set up. And that to me is not at all healthy either. Right. Right. Like you don't get to choose like here, you get to choose if you want to run for president. Right. But there it's like, no, you're born into this life. A symbol. But I seriously doubt that comes the power to help um, make change. So, William, you know, obviously the the whole system is much bigger than the one person. Mm -hmm. But if you have the king saying something needs to change and saying it publicly, things happen faster, I would think. Yeah, sure. It comes with a lot of power. I mean, I think Queen Elizabeth leaned into that and like leaned into that role in a positive way, mm -hmm. I think. But I do think that pressure and like just not even really being able to define who you are because of it. Like you're literally just born into that position. I just think that's really messed up. Yeah. It's tough. Like yeah. again, another reason why like our opinions don't fucking matter because right, we like don't know. we can never wrap our heads around that. Like, Mm-mm. you know, it's like, th- th- I think the most baseline example is of like, you know, you're, you're born into a family that you're, f- for generations have owned like an HVAC company or something. And you're like, fuck, I don't want to do HVAC, right. but like my grandfather, my great grandfather, my dad did it. Like, <laughs> why is that example I, making me laugh? I don't, so I don't know what made me think of it, but it seems like something that like in a small town, like the plumbing company, sure, it's sure, like, sure, what sure, are you going to yeah. like? The plumber's going to go out of business because right. you don't want to be a fucking plumber. Right. You know what I mean? And you're like, God damn it. I want to be a musician. Right. I love music. Like, but then you break your family apart yeah, because then, you do that. I know. Then you're the weirdo. You're the right. black sheep. And right. it's like, that's obviously a funny Yeah, but example. that happens every day every, every and day. no one has anything to say about it other than chase your dreams versus like this is on such a public scale and they're getting like death threats right. because of it. Yeah. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. 
A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Either way, I think that what's happening right now is very daring and they do seem to have a purpose. And I guess you could look at that in a negative or positive way, whatever your opinion about them is. I always lean into like what we said. We don't know what's actually going on behind closed doors and the human piece of like just giving them the grace to go through this process and like, I don't know, just not hate because we read one headline. Right. Like we don't know. And it's such a programming thing for all of us, I think, to see a headline and form an opinion. But maybe like take a pause and really digest what's going on. Try to like we are such a lacking in empathy world at this point, And it makes me so sad. But like try to put yourself in that position and like under try to understand maybe more than just some headline of, you know, Megan being some I don't know, tyrant running around trying to change the world. Like, did anyone walk into that situation with the wrong expectations? Absolutely. (laughs) But like, how could you know? Right. How could you know? I don't think that we can fault her for being naive enough to walk in and be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, make some changes for the positive. Like, I do believe that that was their thing. And so now if you can turn pain into purpose, I support that too. Yeah. I, you know, it's like, to me, I don't think there's anything that could be more purposeful than like sharing your truth with the world. I agree. Like it is it's, and daring, honestly. And yeah, it's truth scary. and daring. It's and, scary. Um, you know, right now, 
the only people who are talking directly to me are Harry and Meghan. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is through a press person, through the press, like a statement, whatever. Like, if someone else has some truth they want to share with the world, fucking share it. And then maybe my opinion or my thoughts on it would change. But, like, I am I believe that they're telling the truth. I don't understand mm-hmm. why they wouldn't yeah. at this point. Also, for, you know, the people that, like, question why he would throw all of this away for Megan. Like, this is a woman that he fell deeply in love with. There were lots of lines that he could draw that reminded him of his mother, like her charity, the way that she cared about children, the way that she cared about women, the way that she cared about um, making the world a better place for people, minorities, you know? Um, And why would he not look at her and think, when he starts seeing the way that the world is reacting to her, that her story might not end the same way that his mother's did. And want to do something different. Right. Because as a kid, he couldn't. Right. Like, as a kid, we're helpless in so many capacities. And so then to see it playing out again in your adult life, when you can take an action step and do something different, I I totally agree with you. Uh, Also, like, to me, if nothing else comes from this publicly, like... Of course, I wish them the best in their family, and I do hope they find some resolve and peace and all of those things. I don't know if that's in the cards or not. Like, you know, no one knows that. But if nothing else, exposing the press and this fucking terrible dynamic that we all have. I mean, I think the British press is an extreme, but this happens in America. I mean, Uh, it's clickbait. I mean, people want clicks. And they don't read further than a headline. And also, there are people who are professionals just like the royal family at feeding the press the right thing and controlling the narrative. And that is disgusting. It ruins people's lives. Um, like I've been on the receiving end of the negative parts of that. And it, it did deeply affect me and it still is. And it still affects my work and like the character assassination, like it will affect the rest of my life. It's just a part of the story now. And I didn't have anything to do with it. It's wild. And it's just to me, I always thought like, oh, there's certain, you know, like you could look at like the sun or life and style or whatever those stupid ones are and be like, oh, those are fake tabloids. You can't believe. But it happens on like Good Morning America, too. It's not it's like I I was with a a journalist yesterday who's uh from a very reputable place. Yeah. And a a famous guitar player died. His name is Jeff. Yes. Yes. I have a text thread with a couple of friends that like whenever someone famous dies, like we try to beat each other to like the scoop to I tell. Remember you saying so that, we just yeah. like the example would be Jeff Beck is dead. Like yeah. that's all we text. Yeah. So and so's dead. Yeah. And um I know it's insensitive. Please don't come at me. I've got a point. <laughs> um and so I was telling him it because he was like, Oh, Jeff Beck died, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I was like, Oh yeah, I saw that and I told him about the text thread. And he was like, Oh, I mean, you think we don't do that in the press? Like that's he was like, our whole organization gets an email and the subject is Jeff Beck is dead. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we have them all like, do we have an obituary written? Like, and he was telling me like, at the top of the year, they sit and make a list of people they think might die and they start working on the obituaries. Because to it, get it, the clicks. It's, it's about it's- the clicks. Yeah. And then they go back and soften the story later. You know, like Betty White's dead. Mm-hmm. That gets a click. But then you go back and you write the stories about like how wonderful she was yeah. and blah, 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 all the things the to really soften is, it. But in the beginning, it's about the click. And the problem is people don't read articles. They read a headline. Mm-hmm. 
And we're so lazy and we're so like busy and oversaturated and all the things. You read the headline, you form an opinion, you move on to the next. You don't even realize you formed an opinion, but you formed an opinion. So if the headline is false or if the article actually says something different than the headline, it doesn't matter. Right. And so that's the part, like if nothing else, I feel like Harry and Meghan are exposing the dark side of that, that people don't understand or know or realize is happening to their brain at all times because we're constantly being fed this shit. And I'm like, go for it. Please, somebody like they have the platform to do it and do it. Yeah. Like it's it needs to happen. That is a system that needs to change. I don't know how it changes. It seems like that's like a business, but, but it's a business and never forget that is what I would say. Yeah. Anyway, send us your thoughts. We want to know what you guys think about Harry and Megan. I'm sure Harry, if you're listening or Megan, if you're listening, come on to velvet's edge. (laughs) Could you imagine? All of a sudden we're like, I'm like, I told you guys I booked up a guest guess it. It's gotta be like (laughs) Harry at princeharry.com, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Email <laughs> Harry at Mac.com. I'm sure. Let's let's try it. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, if you guys have thoughts on this, email us at the edge at velvetsedge.com. You can always hit me up on Instagram. It's at Velvet's Edge. Chip. Uh I'm at Chip. Did you like, forget? It was like brain fart. <laughs> C-H-I-P-D-O-R-S-C-H. <laughs> How could you forget that moment? I don't know. As you guys go into the weekend. Uh, I was going to try to get clever, but you know what? Just as you go into the weekend and you're living on the edge, I hope you always remember to act casual. Bye. Bye. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.